Hello, my name is Kristen and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I'm the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. have been listening to my podcast for a while and you seem to have a lot of questions about play-based learning and how you can better implement play-based learning into your program or your life or your child care center or your daycare or your home daycare or your preschool classroom you should check out my play-based learning masterclass. the spring cohort starts march 8th 2021 and you will get all of your questions answered. It's a 12-week program. It takes you from I don't really know and I'm really overwhelmed by all things play to like I have a really solid foundation and I can master this and I can work towards a play-based learning environment. It also comes with a troop of people that can help troubleshoot along the way. So check it out. Head to my website, learning-wild.com, and you can find out more about the Play-Based Learning Masterclass. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about play stages. Play stages. Have you ever had a parent in your program or been the parent that is concerned because their their child or your child doesn't play with anybody like I think we've all had that we've all felt that you try to help troubleshoot with the parent and you help you want to help them find a friend because they're the parents are maybe concerned that their child is coming home and saying they're not playing with anybody or nobody's playing with me and so you try to do all the things to get that kiddo to play with somebody else because that's what makes grown-ups feel comfortable. You want the the child's grown-ups to see that their child is making friends, so we push the issue a little bit harder maybe with the child. Or have you ever felt super uncomfortable because there is always that one child who plays alone? This is my own uncomfortableness and my own bias. goes back to like my own childhood and I think that um, there is a fantastic book by Tamar Jacobson and I can't recall the name of it. I will put it in the notes of this video when I find it. But it's basically about unpacking your own background in order to be able to provide the best environment for children in your program. And one thing after reading that book that I realized is that I had, it stressed me out and made me anxious to not have playmates. And I don't necessarily recall that from when I was three, four, or five, but definitely as, as an older child. And so when I see kids playing by themselves, it makes me very uncomfortable. And I just want to like swoop in and I want to <laughs> help them find a friend. So I try to get them to, and I don't do this anymore, but I did. I tried to get them to interact with other children and 
I continuously thought that I was a better judge of how they should spend their time than they were a judge of how they wanted to spend their time. So I, when I came across the stages of, I think it's more stages of social play because there's other different types of play, risky play and rough and tumble play and all those things. And I think that these play stages were developed very much with social interaction in mind. Mildred Parton, she was a researcher in the early 1900s. She observed children ages zero to five in free play and then suggested then that there are six stages of play in early childhood. She suggested that children travel through these stages in a linear fashion, so one after the other. And she also observed that children can go back to earlier stages once they've hit a new one and still partake in some of the older stages that they've already been through. So these six stages are very, very important when you're looking at social play in the classroom. They are a fantastic tool for your play detective work, and they can be very, like, super informational when parents or grownups ask, why isn't my child playing with anyone? So uh, it is best to use this information to better understand the difference in social play, and this is in no way a meter to find out if a child is considered typically developing, okay? So... We're just, it's simply a differentiator between the different types and the, the different levels of social play that children go through in early childhood. All right, so the six stages are unoccupied play, solitary play, onlooker, parallel, associative, and cooperative play. So I'm going to go through each one and... Um, you can see these, you can then move on to some play detectiving and see if you can see these types of play in your classroom. It'll better help you understand where children are at when they come to your program. So one, unoccupied play. Think infants laying on the floor under a mobile, mobile and watching it move around. Or a baby shaking a rattle and then dropping it and then they pick up something else that caught their eye. This type of play generally lacks social interaction at all and sustained focus, and there is no language involved whatsoever. There's no social purpose to this type of play at all. During this type of play, a child is practicing use of their motor skills. They are developing maybe depth perception, object permanence, and probably practicing tactile skills. So that was unoccupied play. Very young, babies, infants. Two, Solitary play is the second stage of play. So we get a little more focused in this stage and play is a little bit more sustained. There's a minimal social interaction or interest in social interaction with other children or adults in this stage. This play lacks clear goals. They have more attention and focus on their own task at hand. Symbolic play starts to show up in this type of play, like using a block for a telephone. We've I mean, or an iPad or a tablet of some sort. This stage uh, can be compared to children being scientists in their own little world. They watch and learn how the world works around them. This type of play is one that many children and adults will revert back to. And I, I still love to do solitary activities. Like, that's my jam. Introverts unite. Uh, number three, onlooker play. 
This is the first indication of moving into a more social realm of play. In this stage, children will watch other children playing. They may sit nearby and listen and watch what other people or other children are doing. Children that are a bit more timid and shy may engage in this type of play longer as they try to learn how to enter into play with others. Listening and observing are powerful tools in the development of children, and that's what they're doing in this onlooker play. So even if we see a more shy, a shy child in this stage for a long time, we know that they are learning and growing just by watching others. And this onlooker play maybe is the type of play that makes me uncomfortable and maybe many other adults because we're like, why aren't they playing with anybody? So the fourth one is parallel play. This is the type of play when two children are playing next to each other, but they don't play with each other. They may have the same items that they're playing with, like Play-Doh or whatever, but they don't interact at length with others around them. They don't have the same ideas or the same goals to the play in mind at all. This type of play, it, it involves lots of observation. They might mimic one another, and there's not a lot of communication between the children at play. Uh, this could look like two kids playing with magnetiles. They're pulling magnetiles from the same basket. Maybe one is watching what the other one is building and trying to build the same thing, but they're not talking to each other in the process. This also, this type of play can also make adults in the room uncomfortable because you want them to socially interact and become friends. But that's not this stage. Nope. We have a couple left to go. So associative play. The... Okay, so now the play stages are upping their game and children are starting to acknowledge each other and they are starting to work side by side, but maybe not fully together yet. Children are starting to share their resources, copy each other, maybe talk a bit about something together or maybe even rattle off random comments like, my dog's name is Bart. The only real difference between this type of play and the next type of play, number six, are that children don't have a common goal in mind. They aren't playing together, together in an organized way at least. During this type of play, the associative play, children may talk with each other. They ask questions, but they still don't have that clear goal for their play. And six, the last one is cooperative play. And this is the one that adults are so much more comfortable with in an early childhood program. It's the last stage in Parton's model. Cooperative play is the play that grown-ups think children should be at whenever their child is around other children. This is the end goal. This is what we think of when we think of going and hanging out with friends and their kids are going to play together. And if they don't do this type of cooperative play, we feel uncomfortable. It makes us feel like, oh, maybe they don't like each other. But no, some kids might just be in different play stages than others. This is the start of socialization in children. But this is where children will need guide guidance and they need you as the facilitator of play. This is where troubleshooting begins and the social interactions and the emotional support begins. Children will start to work together on a shared building project or game. They gather in a group to play cheetahs and lions maybe. They will learn compromise and they are going to learn sacrifice for the greater good of the game at hand. They don't want the game to end. So they're going to learn to interact with one another to figure out the rules of the game. They are continually progressing in this stage and they're thinking and they're learning about the world around them and all the different perspectives they're coming across. So there you go. There are the different six stages of play. 
And I am going to attach a letter that you can give to parents when they say, why isn't my child saying they have any friends? Or why isn't my child playing with anybody at school? Or why don't I see them in pictures playing with other kids? So this will be a great thing that you can hand to parents and say, here you go. This is about the play stages and um, how we see them show up in our classrooms. So I hope it helps. Hey, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go on to iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around.